0: all right everyone welcome back to the show i have a great guest today paul check himself no introduction needed really uh so we'll kind of get down to the nitty-gritty paul has been obviously in the health and uh wellness wellness field is pretty much his whole entire life for probably professionally at least like 30 or close to 40 years if i'm not mistaken so he's probably seen like the whole entire circus from start to finish you know evolve over the years and i just wanted his opinion on a very um very important topic on personally like why Paul like you rarely see like any lasting change with any with with a large bulk majority of people that are pursuing any of their health and wellness goals so just to kind of read off the statistics today uh like today in America nine out of ten American adults are right now metabolically unhealthy so 90 percent you know with all the medical advancements with all the YouTube channels now with all the scientific research Uh, It just seems like people are getting less and less healthy as time goes on. Another 800,000 Americans die from heart attacks every year. 650,000 die from cancer every year. 105,000 die from type 2 diabetes every single year. 180,000 from strokes. 130,000 from properly prescribed medical drugs hundred thousand from alcohol and that's just to list a few and that's already about like two million in my opinion like very preventable deaths every single year and depending on how everyone calculates all the COVID numbers I mean last time I checked close to a million Americans have died from COVID quote unquote but if you kind of look at the details of those numbers you'll also notice that 85 percent of those deaths were from people that were very metabolically unhealthy and very sick already to begin with so we can kind of calculate that as 850,000 preventable deaths over the last two or three years depending on how you calculate the numbers so it's pretty pretty astonishing and it's kind of it seems like the more advancements we have the sicker people are getting and uh, i just rarely see any lasting change from people even from people that genuinely try to pursue that change And I know you've seen this pattern yourself like a million times over. And I was just wondering if I can kind of get your opinions on it and and how you how you keep your cool about it and not get so frustrated about if anything, kind of maybe seeing things get worse over the years since you first started uh, versus better. Well, that's
1: a huge question. How big of an answer do you want? (laughs)
0: Hey, this show is all yours. So whatever, whatever you need to say, have it said.
1: Well, let's start with a superficial kind of easy things to to deal with. One, we don't have very many healthy leaders out there. Um, One of the things that I found real interesting, excuse me. uh, One of the things I found real interesting is when I wrote my book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy, which was, you know, I started writing it in 2000, we published it in 2004 when you when you're working with publishers, one of the first things they ask you to do is do a comparison of other books that would be in the same market or competitive with your own. So, you know, I had to go out and search the market to see is there anything even like what I'm writing out there, and there really wasn't. But they, my um, literary agent, said, "Well, you need to come up <clears throat> with a list of something." So at that time, I started scanning through Amazon and just looking at all the books that, you know, were health and fitness oriented and something really interesting happened. I would see these books and you know how oftentimes the author's pictures on the back cover or something or inside the book. So out of curiosity, I started looking up on the internet to see if I could find pictures of those same people. And lo and behold, what I found is the grand majority of the people that were writing health and fitness books were putting, <clears throat> excuse me, pictures of themselves that were like 20 years younger than they actually were. And when you actually found pictures of these authors, they looked completely unhealthy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, well, this is false marketing right off the bat. And if you did the same thing today, you will find the same thing because I've done it in in you know in the last few years, out of curiosity, I'll see a book, and I'll say, "Okay, I want to see what this person really looks like." inevitably inevitably, it'll pop on on Facebook or you'll see pictures of them, and they don't look anything like the pictures in their books. So I thought, well, you know, we have a real conundrum here because the people that are supposed to be the health and fitness experts of the world aren't healthy or fit most of them, or they're what I call, and what you know of as fit sick people. They're so extreme that they might be really lean and look good in the mirror, but on the inside their adrenals are burnt out and they usually have toxicity issues and you know every, any number of things if you start doing functional medicine testing. So the point I'm making right off the bat is we really lack examples that other peoples can emulate and follow. Um, You know, our our television is full of good looking movie stars, but most of them are using plastic surgery to look that way, men and women. And then we we have all this photo manipulation. So people are getting to the point where they don't even know what each other looks like when they're communicating in real time because of all the, the photo manipulation. So. That's a problem because who are the young people going to emulate? Who who are people going to emulate that really have an interest in health? There's hardly anybody around. In fact, it was interesting. I, um, I just spoke at one of our HLC2 courses and one of the guys in the class said, I just want you to know the reason that I'm here is because, and he was probably 35, I would imagine 33, maybe he said, I've been following you since I was young. And he said, the one thing I've noticed is that you're the only person out there that I've found whose message is consistent and who practices what they preach and who's still in good shape and in good health. And he said, I finally realized after studying all these other people that I should really just become a check professional because your message is tried and tested. And so you know, that was a great thing for me to hear, but it it reiterates the, the point that we really lack leadership when it comes to health and fitness and, and wellness. And then we've got this problem of billions and billions, if not trillions, of dollars being spent 24 hours a day through every form of media from YouTube to you name it, all of them, right? They're all selling get fix, get quick, fit quick, get thin quick gimmicks. And there's just a massive amount of money being spent on pills to burn fat, to do this, to do that. And then you've got this massive bombardment of the food industry with all this fake information, fake foods, processed foods, chemical foods, everything that you are an expert at yourself. So, you know, it's all there. So when you consider, you know, people like you and I have devoted ourselves to health and fitness and wellness and and the understanding of these things. I mean, that's what we do, right? But it's probably reliable to say, Eugene, that if you need your taxes done at the end of the year, you might go hire an accountant that's a specialist in taxes. And if you needed surgery for any reason, you'd probably want to see a surgeon that's highly trained in surgery. And if you needed to see a lawyer, you'd want a good lawyer. And oftentimes when they look at what we do with our taxes and and the way we end up hurting ourselves or the way we do the things that they're experts and they look at us like, what's wrong with you? You, you know, can't you even manage a checkbook mm-hmm. The point I'm making is we get so used to seeing the world through the eyes of people that are educated with regard to real food, the importance of rest, you know, my four doctor model that we look out there and wonder why people are so completely lost or, or downright silly, or even we might think that they're stupid for what they're doing and And the COVID was a great opportunity to see how many people cannot think for themselves and they believe anything they see on television. The point I'm driving at here is when you look at the technology, in fact, there's a a phenomenal series on Amazon called Hacking the Mind or Hacking Your Mind. I can't remember. It's got a blue front. that looks like a, a sort of a sagittal cut of the brain done artistically. Excellent series. It's a four part series. And it goes into great detail of all the advanced technology and research to how corporations and, and uh, the media and everyone else is, is literally pirating the minds of everybody. And it's amazing the degree of technology and, and the kind of researchers and experts from economic, uh, economics experts to uh, brain and learning experts. They use all the top experts against us. So when you look at the sort of weakness of human beings is to take the shortest path to whatever they want, not realizing there is no shortcuts to health and fitness. There simply is no way to cheat four doctors and six foundation principles. So for your listeners, Dr. Happy, taking responsibility for creating happiness for yourself and having values around How much movement do you need to be healthy and how much movement and what type of movement do you need to have the fitness to achieve your dream? Dr. Diet, eating high quality organic and free range food and eating right for your individual needs, not what some other expert is telling you to do, which and we've seen the vegetarian craze, the vegan craze, the keto craze, the low fat craze, the high fat craze. I mean, people just don't pay attention to their body until they're sick and then they just jump to some other crazy phrase. So I'm pointing out here that when you look at the amount of technology being used to prey on people's inherent genetic and natural tendencies to take shortcuts, which is built right into us. For example, if you were out in nature, and you couldn't find water, but all of a sudden you smelled water or you heard water like a river flowing, and you knew it was over there somewhere. If you saw a path made by animals, deer or whatever, heading in that direction, you wouldn't say, well, I'm gonna just carve my own path through the forest. That would be a waste of energy. So you'd take the path that's already the path of least resistance. So it's inherent in us to take the path of least resistance because the body operates on the men's theory, minimal electrical neuromuscular stimulation to to keep us efficient. So if we do have periods of famine or war or anything else, that we have a better chance of surviving. So people are hardwired to take the path of least resistance until they become conscious to recognize what's a false path versus a real path. Most people don't get to that point until they've had, you know, usually several visits from the pain teacher and they come to the realization that it's time to wake up, be an adult and start thinking for themselves and taking responsibility for themselves. Um, Then you have the issue of toxicity. We, We have the highest levels of toxicity in our food, in our water, and in our environment we've ever had. Then you have the issues of the fact that approximately 85% of the world population is on at least one prescribed medical drug, and the toxicity from that alone is very, very high. Um, Then you have the problem that we don't have real education to teach anybody how to eat properly, and, and any of the basic principles that you and I just inherently know like we breathe you go to most kids' school programs, and they're using microwave ovens to heat up boxed, powdered crap, most of which is genetically modified, chemically laden poison. So, you know, uh, I saw a research report recently that showed the average child has 129 toxic chemicals in their blood when they come out of the womb. So, you know, we're talking about the most toxic human beings ever. And as you know, whenever you have toxins, the liver can't process. It shuttles them off into fat so that more toxic you are, the fatter you get. And then when you consider uh, the average, I just saw a research paper actually this morning looking at the fact that um, statistics show that there's about... The average person is consuming in their food about one pound of glyphosate a year out of mm-hmm. their food,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which wipes out, as you know, your microbiome and leads to metabolic syndrome and all sorts of other problems with emotional balance and hormone production and serotonin production and the long list of other things. So if you go back to the analogy that we're health experts by trade, but we're not bankers and and tax attorneys and tax accountants then you can see the average person really doesn't have any awareness of what they're doing and they're probably often quite surprised that they look in the mirror and they're getting fatter and fatter then they go to the doctor and they go to most therapists and then they do what they're told and they still don't get better and they don't feel better Or if they do, it's because they're tricking the system and then what goes up has to come down and then they're confused and they go to another doctor. You know, I've had, I remember working with a a girl that was a power lifter in New Zealand. You might've seen her in my slideshows before. She was five foot four, about 240 pounds. And I took one look at her in the gym and I thought, my God this girl's strong as hell, but she's super overweight and unhealthy. She's obviously got something going on with her and I can't walk up to everybody in the gym and try to fix them. You know, and and a lot of people don't even want that. So I just said a little prayer. I said, you know, great spirit. If she needs my help, I'll let you figure out how to bring her to me. Well, it turned out that I booked a massage that day. And then the next day when I came to get my massage, she was the massage therapist that worked at the gym so once she had her hands on me, we got a little connection. She, she knew who I was. And I said to her, I said, um, you know, I was watching you lift weights in the gym. You're super strong. You've got excellent form. You must be an athlete. But I'm, I couldn't help but notice you're carrying a lot of weight. I said, is, is there, are you having some kind of health challenge? And she broke down in tears. She said, Paul, I have seen 10 doctors over the span of the last couple of years, I've done exactly what they told me and every single one of them made me worse. She says, I've given up on doctors. Therapists haven't been any help. I don't know what the hell to do. So I said to her, I'll make you a deal. I'll write you a basic program on one condition. You got to shake my hand and promise me that you're going to do it. And if I've come back here and you haven't done it, then I'm going to charge you my hourly rate which in New Zealand dollars at that time was $1,000 an hour. And she said, I'll do it. And sure enough, I came back a year later, walk in the gym and this woman comes up to me and gives me a great big hug and says, oh, Paul, it's so nice to see you and starts talking to me. And I said, geez, I'm sorry, forgive me. But, you know, she obviously knew who I was and was hugging me. and, And I said, I don't remember who you are. She said, Paul, it's me, it's Lori you're the one that wrote the program for me. And I said, Oh my God, Lori, I don't even recognize you. She was now down to something like 128 pounds had just placed third in her first uh, miss fitness contest and was in awesome shape. And I said, what the hell did you do? And she cracked up laughing. She goes, what do you mean? What I do? I followed the program you gave me. And I said, Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, and it was just such a joy to see that. But, you know, the difference is, is that she had been getting all sorts of hormones and pills and being told she was over-exercising by some, under-exercising by other. And I just, you know, basically wrote down exactly the kind of basic program that almost anybody needs. And, you know, literally I wrote it on two sides of a piece of paper. And um, so we we have this massive Social pressure that's moving us in the direction that corporations and the medical system wants us to go. And they're using such advanced psychological warfare, is what I would call it, piracy. And most people haven't got a clue. And when you consider that when I wrote my book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, research at that time showed that only four to six percent of all the food eaten in the world was organically grown. And I just wrote a chapter on nutrition about a month ago for my new book, and I researched, I did worldwide research, and lo and behold, I found that only 4% of all the food grown in the world today is organically farmed. Mm-hmm. So we, have, we haven't increased the amount of quality food in the food supply one iota, but since I wrote my book and started writing my book in 2000, the the total population's probably gone up a billion and a half people, which means there's more people eating less good food comparatively. Um, We've also got serious problems with toxicity in the water. Um, Various people have different beliefs, but I'm quite confident the chemtrails are poisoning the hell out of us. I've looked into it and the stuff they're putting in there like aluminum and various other chemicals will just weaken your immune system and make you sick just like a vaccine will. So if you pretend for a minute that you are the child of the average person out there, or you're the average person who knows a lot about bricklaying or a lot about carpet cleaning or a lot about being a mechanic, but you don't have any education on the things we're talking about, you can see that this is a rigged game. Then you... you to to get to the behavioral issue. We all were raised in a family by parents that imprinted us before we had an ego structure of our own that could give us discernment. And before we could think with um, abstract thinking, I mean, we were, we're contract, we're con we're um, concrete thinkers to the time that we're about five to seven years of age, which means if mom says that um, Jesus is God, we don't have any way to discern whether or not that is true. If if mom says that you have to eat uh, such and such and drink Kool-Aid every day, we, we don't know the difference, and mom probably was doing that. And so we get the basis of the development of our mind and our ego structure in our family structure in our religious structures which are full of dietary restrictions and are not based on anything but dogma not common sense whatsoever in fact i don't know if you ever saw the articles i wrote many years ago on vegetarianism but in one of them I searched all the world religions for all their diet restrictions. And I put a pie chart together showing each of the major world religions and all the foods that they restricted. And the conclusion, when you looked at the chart is if you practiced world religion, you would be able to eat nothing. There would be almost nothing you could eat. Some restrict shellfish, some restrict animal food, some restrict dairy. Uh, Some have even various vegetable restrictions, uh, you know, so it was obvious to me that people are getting brainwashed through religion and all these diet restrictions must have nothing to do with knowledge of human physiology, genetics, or anything that you and I know to be quite commonsensical. Um, so what happens is because we're in a culture that's got an education system based on the Beginnings, it began in the slave era with the uh, development of plantations, which is part of the agricultural era, the early agricultural era. So what happened is, is we have the slave or the plantation owners that did not want slaves thinking for themselves, nor did they want creativity, because if slaves started doing creative things in assembly lines and mass production... Whether it be large harvests or anything where there was a a lot being done repetitively, then it screwed up the outcome. So the slaves would get, you know, reprimanded and beat up for being creative, even if they thought they had a better idea. And so the slave, the plantation owners developed the education system to keep the children occupied for more hours so they could get more work out of the parents as slaves. And then the education system was designed specifically to tell them exactly what to do and exactly what to think and to not think for themselves so that they could maximize the brainwashing and get the most out of the slaves with the least resistance. That's the exact model of our education system today. A simple example of of how bad the education system is. The the greatest percentage of people in the world, 38%, are visual learners. The second largest group is auditory learners. The third largest group is kinesthetic learners, which is about, I think, 12 to 16% learn best by. So if you teach a kinesthetic learner an exercise by trying to get them to read about it or watching a video or describing it to them, they won't understand very well. But if you actually take them through the movement so they can feel it, they will learn. And those are the people that make our great athletes because they're kinesthetically intelligent. Well, the smallest group of learners, which is only about 5%, is mathematical logical, which is standard reading. Mm -hmm. And 98% of all education worldwide comes by way of mathematical logical reasoning, but only 5% of people learn that way. So we have an entire education system that's completely not designed to teach us effectively. It's re- basically a uh, plantain o- owner medita- meta- uh, uh, memorization to pass tests, and you're never supposed to challenge authority. You're supposed to do what you're told, and who? how dare you question the professor, uh, which is very sort of Asian in its way, you know, mm-hmm. in the- Eastern countries you don't question your martial arts master or any of the masters that's frowned upon you just don't do it but we we have the same sort of disease and if you question experts too much then you get targeted by them and and or today you get censored. So the point I'm making is is that we come from a culture that teaches us very little, about what we need to know to be healthy. And we come from a culture that teaches us very little about a process and how to go about taking something from the beginning stages to the completion stages. Our education system and our financial system and our nutrition approaches are based on what's called an input outcome model you take this pill, this is what you're gonna have happen. You wanna lose weight, take this pill, you'll lose weight. You go to the doctor, you got a headache, take this pill, the outcome will be you won't have a headache. Why this is really devastating is because it doesn't look at the reality that input and outcome are separated by a thing called a process. So if you go to Hegel's philosophy, Hegel st- starts with thesis. I have an idea. The next step is antithesis. Your idea to make your magic widget that will make you millions turns out to have all sorts of problems with it. The materials don't work well. You need to have liability insurance on it, X, 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 X factor. And then you get through the antithesis process if you're lucky enough to make it. You come to anti, uh, to synthesis, which is when you, you finally say, okay, now I can sell this thing, but you may go broke in the antithesis process. So you look at the stock market, for example, if you put this much money in, you'll get this much interest, and in five years, you'll be a millionaire. But the stock market goes crash in the middle, mm-hmm. and you're broke. So there's the antithesis. So because we've been raised, really marketed to, give me your money and this'll happen, buy these pills and this'll happen. We've actually been educated consciously and unconsciously to avoid the process that is existing between input or thesis and synthesis or output. So people get very confused when they don't get what they were told they would get. And so they just run to the next input, hoping for the next output. And because nobody's teaching them the process of monitoring your body, you know, knowing how much water you need to drink, how much movement you need, what real food is, what's toxic and not toxic. I mean, people's body care products alone are enough to poison the hell out of them and give you a disease. If you took human body care products and used them on animals, they'd probably die in no time. Um, So we've got that. And then Part of this problem is that the entire education system is a patriarchal uh, Godlike model where you do what you're told, you don't think for yourself, you don't ask questions. And so what happens, we've also got religions that put God in the world as the all-controlling father in the sky whose word is the word of God, and you cannot challenge the church or the temple or the or the 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 dogma the canon you know whether it be judaism islam christianity or any of them that have a a canon so where does that leave people it leaves people not knowing how to think for themselves and dependent upon authority figures that are very unhealthy themselves often bullshitting them everybody and often making tons of money by lying. And then you get people like recently, you know, the Liver King, it came out that he was using steroids. So you see all this young men being misled by all these so-called fit people, but later you find out they've been using steroids the whole time. So a couple of things have happened. Aside from what I've just said, we have never actually been taught by wise elders what it means to be an adult how to take responsibility for ourselves, how to think constructively for ourselves, how to solve problems for ourselves. So whenever we have challenges, we just keep running to another expert to solve our problems for us. Then we have another problem. You know, many people don't know the meanings of the words they use, and they don't realize that when you create words, you create vibration, and vibration organizes matter. Vibration is what, if you look at cymatics, cymatics shows you that sound creates form. So when you have people that are raised in a culture that bases getting help with anything to do with health or sickness or disease by getting treatment from doctors and treatment from therapists, if I say Eugene, I'm treating you to dinner. Don't you automatically assume that I'm going to pay for it?
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe. maybe so. Not these days. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. My well, God. Yeah. that's that's what the,
1: that's what the word <laughs> means in our yeah. in our culture, right? So when you go to a doctor or a therapist for treatment, the unstated assumption is if I give you seventy five dollars or hundred dollars or five hundred dollars because I've got this problem, then you're going to take it away from me. You're going to treat me. Mm -hmm. So what happens is we don't have a coaching model, which is why the motto I teach in HLC2 is we don't treat people that have diseases, Mm -hmm. coach people that have acquired an illness or a disease. Because as long as you have people coming to you for treatment, they expect that all they've got to do is pay, lay on a table, and you're going to do the work for them. Mm -hmm. So again, it it stays in this sort of patriarchal um, authority directed model, not as a participatory coaching model where the coach or the therapist or the doctor is leading by example and emulating health, emulating um, a lifestyle that represents how everybody should live as baseline health so that they actually have a chance of knowing what it looks like. And, and, you know, now we have this new normal, like this new normal of it's normal to be a hundred pounds overweight. It's mm-hmm. normal to be on eight or 10 drugs. It's normal to be vaccinated and not question authority, even though it's killed your sister, your brother, your uncle and your neighbor. So, um, then there's the issue that it's, psychologically very hard work to change habits because most of our habits are wired into our unconscious and there's very little education for people on there out there how to access their unconscious how to work with shadow issues how to work with uh prior programming how to overcome traumas that haven't been healed and so you get people that want to change but they don't really understand the change process. And because to coach someone through a change process requires quite a commitment from the therapist. Cause you have mm-hmm. to really develop a relationship with someone. And the average doctor now is spending less than six minutes. It was six minutes years ago. Now it's, I don't know, Nathan Riley told me on a podcast, it's down to something crazy, like two or three minutes. I mean, um, Nathan Riley told me that I, I think it was, the average time it takes a doctor before they interrupt their patient, when the patient starts telling them what's wrong with them, I can't remember. It was either six or 20 seconds. So you can't even talk to your doctor anymore. They're not even interested in what's going on with you. Now we have this huge booming internet and telephone type medicine where people don't even see doctors. They just get prescribed drugs with just a few symptoms. So, Because the change process is is really takes quite a high level of commitment because you're constantly working against your old programming and people don't know how to recognize old programming and program desires from the concept of staying focused on your dream and discerning which old beliefs and behaviors are actually the ones that got you into trouble in the first place And then we have huge problems with addiction, because as you know, a huge amount of the chemicals put in food, not to mention white sugar, and many of these drugs, they're highly addictive, and foods are actually engineered to be addictive. So it's hard to go through a change process, but it's harder when you're addicted, right? Getting someone off of sugar is really tough. Uh, I've worked with sugar addicts, and it took Sometimes a year to get them to finally stop uh, binging on sugar, and you know, the books I've studied, uh, Candace Pert said sugar is as addictive as heroin or morphine and should be tight, a class uh, classified as a class one drug. Um, yet here it is legal and it is radically bad for you. Um, and when you look at the fact that the average person, I believe, is eating one and a quarter cups of sugar a day, last time I looked, it's you'd probably know the statistics better on that one than I do, but it's shockingly high, and then you got research showing all the way back into the year 2000, Dr. John Briefa wrote the book HealthWise, he was a British medical doctor, and he was the first one to show research Uh, that I had found that shows one teaspoon of sugar will inhibit the immune system for up to six hours. Hmm. So when you consider how much sugar people are eating and the devastation to the immune system and how it acidifies the blood, which immediately triggers hyperventilation because oxygen is an alkalinizer for the blood... So you've got all these people with panic disorders and anxiety that don't realize it's because they're hyperventilating and they're outgassing too much CO2 that keeps them highly sympathetically um, stressed, which inhibits the parasympathetic nervous system, keeps their cortisol levels high. They're drinking soda pop and coffee in the evening and eating sugar in the evening. So that pushes melatonin uh, release way, way, way back, if at all. So people are not getting quality restorative sleep. They're waking up exhausted. Even if they sleep eight, nine, 10 hours, they wake up exhausted because they're not getting into deep dreams. They're not getting rapid eye movement for long enough. They're not getting into deep dreamless sleep. So they're throwing their whole regenerative cycle completely out of balance. Now, if you just take everything I've just said in the last two, 35 minutes or so, that's a really tough situation to be in.
0: Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that really keep people from changing is the fact, like exactly what you said, pathology has been normalized in today's culture from, from the leadership down, you know, leadership setting the example of what pathology 101 looks like.
1: Profitable.
0: Yeah. And I find like, oftentimes just uh, society has normalized pathology these days. And even if a, even if you have like a very kind of quote, unquote, competent and very smart, healthcare provider, I find they're just like in the mindset moreover, instead of like stepping out of the swamp and just getting healthy in there, they're all about just continuing to live in the swamp, but kind of tinkering with random things here, random things here, let's try to fix this and this, you know, and then it'll work out. And then it becomes actually very complicated to maintain your mental and physical health when you continue to live in a cesspool, you know, instead of like just using the common sense approach of course, you can, you know, take the heroic approach of trying to clean up the swamp. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's obviously monumentously, which is actually something you've done by yeah. opening an institute and trying to train people on how to, you know, think properly and approach health challenges in a correct manner. Uh, but a lot of people, obviously, that's going to be too monumentous for them, you know, because I think there's also a lot of genetics that go into being able to open an institute and having the intelligence to do that, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things I noticed is like, for example, I brought this up on on your podcast when I was a guest, is my grandma lived off-grid her whole entire life. She never had like a trainer, a guru, a 401k plan. She went to the hospital one time, and that's to give birth to my mom. And that's it. And she died at 87 years old, like very healthy pretty much until like the last half a year or so. And honestly, I mean, I mean this in the most respectful way, like she was pretty much illiterate also. And she really never even learned how to how to completely read. And I still feel like she's she overall exemplified and lived true to what being a health professional is more than the very intelligent health professionals you see in the US, for example.
1: Yeah, you don't need a lot of intellect if you have common sense, you know, and that's what's been um, taken out of human beings is common sense. And part of the reason they don't have common sense anymore is because the digital age has so... Uh, left us so disoriented with what the truth is. I mean, one of the things I tell my students in class, I say, if you want to see how confusing people, how confusing everything is for people, just go on the internet and search cold showers or cold shower therapies or cold water therapies And then start looking through all the articles and you'll see doctors and highly qualified people saying you should never do it. It's very bad for you. can make you sick, blah, blah, blah. Then you'll see people like Wim Hof saying, oh, it's very good for you. And you'll see equal qualifications on both sides and nobody knows who to believe. And so since COVID started now, the propaganda levels are even deeper. But there's another problem that I want to bring up. And that is that because of the digitization of medicine, for profit and you know bill gates turning everybody into a, di- a data resource and so is facebook and everybody else we now have the main way you're dealt with in medicine is lab tests are run on you very expensively and they don't actually interact with you you're just a bunch of numbers on a piece of paper And if your cortisol levels are this, then you've got this problem. If your serotonin levels are up or down, whatever, you've got a problem. If you go all the way back to uh, Roger Williams' Biochemical Individuality, the book Biochemical Individuality by Roger Williams, PhD, he shows you right in the book, which is probably written 25 plus years ago. He says that the medical system created... Windows for normals that were so tight, almost anyone that gets tested will need a drug or some kind of a medical procedure. And he showed, for example, there's people out there with a total cholesterol of 1000 that are completely healthy. So they've actually taken all these tests and tightened the windows up on normals so tight that there's hardly anyone on the planet that's not going to be prescribed a drug or some kind of a procedure or some kind of a home monitoring device or whatever. So the point I'm driving at is that the grand majority of medicine does not deal with the person. It deals Mm -hmm. with the data. And so what they're doing is they're not actually addressing etiologies they are dealing with symptoms. If your adrenal glands are burned out, the first thing the doctor should be doing is look at it, your diet, lifestyle, your relationships, your relationship with yourself, the relationship you have with your work, and the relationship you have with your spouse and your family, and the common sources of stress in people. And then they should be working in a multidisciplinary manner to say, well, what you really need is a family and marriage counselor, or what you need is a debt counselor, or what you need is a dot, dot, dot. But instead. There is no actual attempt whatsoever to address the etiology because to do that, you have to develop a relationship with the patient. You actually have to become part of their life. You have to be interested in them. You have to have empathy. You have to have compassion. And you actually have to have leadership. And as you know, it's very rare that a doctor or a therapist that's eating gluten and farting and bloated and gassy is going to point out to their patient that their back pain, neck pain, brain fog is coming from gluten because once they tell the patient the symptoms, the patient looks right at them and say, well, you look like you have the same problems I do. Why are you eating it? Yes. So (laughs) most people won't, most therapists and doctors will not address anything that they haven't addressed in their own life, which is almost nothing. Uh So you have sick people with degrees leading sick people with or without degrees and we don't have a relationship with people we just have a data set but the data set tells you nothing about the etiological factors that got them there so we've got an utter and complete abortion of the education system the food system the political system the education system the medical system the drug system the vaccine system And that's what's really come to the surface in COVID. That's the beauty of COVID. It's brought the shadow of humanity into the light. And it's easy to blame on all this on these organizations, but we also must have to step into our own shoes and say, you know, how many doctors should I have gone to and gotten pills that didn't work before I started looking for alternative approaches or reading books by health gurus that actually were healthy. And why do I keep going to sick people for health advice? In other words, we're in the whole thing that we're going through is a crisis. That is an initiation into adulthood. You can't be healthy until you become an adult. And if you're not an adult, you're never going to take responsibility for your own change process, process, your, your own, um, Managing your own thoughts, having the discipline to get yourself off of excess, whatever it is, caffeine, sugar, cake, candy, processed foods, drugs. So at the end of the day, the pain teacher just keeps coming back and getting louder and louder till you either have a near-death experience and finally pull your head out of your ass and say, okay, this is a job that I'm going to have to take responsibility for. And then you get healthy and that's when that happens to people that become doctors that are our doctors, we call them the wounded healer because they have walked the fire of transformation and they're now a spiritual adult that accepts responsibility for themselves. And as long as we keep pushing a a responsibility to ourselves to parent figures, such as churches and government leaders, for example, when Trump gave a $2 trillion COVID stimulus package, I was shit shocked. I'm like, that is the worst thing you can do. You're training people to Mm -hmm. believe all they've got to do is conform to dangerous mandates that are illegal and stay at home and someone's going to pay for them. And now they've got no reason to do anything except watch junk TV, play video games. And that doesn't push them into a pressure where they have to become more creative and find out ways to step up and be able to, Create new things. You know, for example, many Czech professionals went out of business because they weren't willing to transfer into a, a digital-based coaching business where they could coach people on Skype, Zoom, and other platforms. So they starved to death. And I'm like, shit, this is the perfect time to do that. You got a whole captive audience trapped in apartment buildings and houses that would love some connection that still need diet guidance, that still need life coaching, that still need stress management coaching. So the ones that did make the transition got rich. They they had booming business, you know? And, and COVID did wake a lot of people up because our, our Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level One Online course, which is, as you know, is our public access program, shot through the roof. I mean, the sales of that thing was amazingly high for about the first year of COVID because people finally got scared into the fact that maybe I should look for someone that knows what they're doing to teach me how to, uh, you know, survive my own bad choices or however you want to couch it. So I think it's a predicament that we all have to get clear on and work on together because no one of us can solve this predicament alone. And, we have a real crisis because the young people today that are going to be running the country tomorrow are probably going to have a very shortened life expectancy. I mean, the projected cost off autism and diabetes alone is, is you know massive numbers of billions of dollars a year just to keep these people alive. So we're bankrupting the medical system, we're bankrupting human beings, we're bankrupting nature, and we we either have to grow our adult wings and get together and say, okay, we've got to revamp the education system, we've got to revamp the health edu- health education system, we've got to revamp the food system, and what does that mean? It means plant a fucking garden. You know, during the First and Second World War, 50% of all the food eaten came from gardens that people planted because there was food shortages and during those two wars while people were eating out of their gardens the statistics for disease and illness went through the floor doctors had almost nothing to do because people got so much healthier due to the food shortage in other words to junk food shortages and that's during the first and second world war imagine how bad it is comparatively because then The food that those people called junk would be called highly prized Uh food today. Um, So we see that when people are pushed into a corner and they have no choice, starve or garden, they do it. But the point I'm making is we now have such a population of sick, weak, brainwashed people that they don't even have the thought to start a garden. They'll just sit there and eat Bill Gates' fake meat and GMO poison full of pesticides until they literally die and exhaust their bank accounts. And interestingly, I just did a blog that's not out yet, but I filmed it. I was doing research for my new book, and I was curious, what is the number one uh, reason for bankruptcy? And I thought it would be credit card spending, but it wasn't, it shocked me what it was. What do you think the number one cause of bankruptcies in the United States and probably worldwide is?
0: um uh, i'm guessing some kind of health issue i mean that could run up the tab overnight like in the millions maybe i even interviewed one guy that even after he maxed out his health insurance plan for his cancer treatment he was still throwing like a one million dollar bill at him yeah which floored him when he saw it you know when he came in yes. the mail. i mean he said he nearly had a panic attack when he saw that number
1: Yep. Something like 67% of all bankrupts in in the United States, bankruptcies are because of medical expenses so high they can never financially recover. The article said parents and family members spend their children's college funds. They spend their life savings trying to help people in the family deal with cancer and all these diseases that are so common now that the number one cause of bankruptcies which are going through the roof, is medical expenses. The average person today is spending something like fourteen thousand six hundred a year on medical expenses in the United States. You take three hundred and what is it seventy something billion or million people in the United States, multiply that by fourteen thousand six hundred. you've got enough money right there to create an entirely new education system, rehabilitate the soils put f- Local farms in place to feed the school children and rehabilitate the soils, yet people keep on just eating and spending and drugging their way into bankruptcy and non-existence. We're really seeing the 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 fourth generation of Pottinger's cats, which died, as you know, right? The fourth generation all went extinct. So if you look at Pottinger's cat study and what he showed by the third generation, there was serious problems and the fourth generation ceased to exist. Well, if you say how many generations of people on the planet have been eating processed, poisonous, pasteurized food, it's more than three generations. So we've outperformed the cats, but we're suffering the fate of Pottinger's cats. And the question is, who's going to come to the rescue? Nobody. The only person that's coming to the rescue is the person that you look at in the mirror every day. And, you know, we don't have Jack LaLanne anymore, right? Even Arnold Schwarzenegger became a, a, a drugged out dude. So we don't have Paul Bragg anymore. We don't have Jack LaLanne. We don't have the kind of leaders. When I was a kid, if I turned on a television, I could find a Jack Lane I could find Vic Tanny. I could find these these old pioneers, but when Joe Weeder came along, the whole industry started turning into a drug industry and a pill industry. Uh, so, you know, we're, as my father would say, we're up Shit's Creek without a paddle. And, you know, I think the first thing we gotta do is turn around and walk to the other end of the boat. In other words, if you're in a canoe, either end looks like the front end. If you're going toward a waterfall, turn around and paddle as hard as you can to get to shore before you go over the edge. And I think it's up to, really it's up to parents because they've got the biggest risk financially and the biggest loss if they don't start paying attention to how they feed their kids and who they select as doctors, therapists, and educators. And the other good thing about COVID is it caused massive numbers of people to start homeschooling. It caused massive numbers of people to start going to Montessori and Steiner schools. So, it's kind of like drug addicts. They have to hit bottom before they come up. And fortunately, we're hitting bottom right now. The question is, are we too far gone to climb our way back up? And is there enough people to lead us there? Um, that That's the million, trillion, billion, trillion dollar question.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I find like if people like once again, just and I know many people will not do this, but if they just figured out a way to step out of the swamp i feel it would clear up their head make them so not so myopic and at least be able to think clearly about like what the hell am i doing and then seek out possibly help for mentorship you know the right books etc and it may take years but the healing process can start then but if they continue yeah. to kind of like live in the swamp be led by the people that are managing the swamp alligators and making money out of- <laughs> Yeah, managing the swamp and making money out of that swamp and basically don't even know another existence themselves. You know, a lot yeah. of health professionals, they don't even know what, uh, a lot of them could be possibly not even know what natural living is. They've never even been out in nature, really, outside of a quick hike at, at the park at the city or something of that sort. And they oftentimes, like I mentioned, instead of just getting out of the mindset of, you know, like, let's figure out how to live in this swamp, instead of getting into a mindset of let's just step out of the swamp, they're like... No, let's just kind of tinker around and figure out how to live in this swamp, And then on top of that, make a living out of it.
1: Yeah, let's make biohack it. our way out of it. It's never yeah. going to work. I'll tell you, Eugene, about after the first year of COVID, I said to Angie and Penny one day, you know, because this put me into deep meditation. How do I help people? Because the world, and that's why I'm writing my new book series, because I just felt like, God. I have got to get this out there as fast as I can to teach people how to think and how to grow and how to use the principles of spiritual development and how to understand the core factors that we've been talking about. And I said to the girls, if there was one thing I could do right now that would have the greatest impact, not only on our nation, but all nations, if I could do it in other countries, I said to them, what do you think it would be? They, they couldn't figure out what it was. I said, I would dynamite the power supply to every major television station in this country, and I would find out where all the hubs are for the internet, for social media, and I would blow the power supplies up so it would cause a blackout because I figured with two weeks of a complete fast from media and bullshit and lies, people would start waking up. I really believe with two weeks, Of no bullshit coming at them and no brainwashing, they would have to face each other. They would have to be with each other. They'd have to, they'd have no choice but to start thinking. They wouldn't be able to use phones to find garbage. They'd have to go walking and go looking and go talking. It would cause people to talk to each other. People would dry out on drugs. They would, I mean, it would be like a great awakening. So I really, I don't know what else to do but honestly if I had you know if I was a younger man and I was had a terrorist bent you know like when I was a paratrooper and I, if I saw this going on when I was a paratrooper I would have got a bunch of my army ranger and delta force buddies and said look we've got an important mission to do we got to go knock out the brainwashing machine because our entire nation and the world is under attack by very dangerous forces and I guarantee you, I kind of rounded up 15 or 20 guys that would have gone and done it with me. But at 61 years of age with kids and a grandson, I it, it's too risky for me to, you know, go back to my 20, you know, 23-year-old paratrooper self. But I've been waiting since the beginning of this thing for the real soldiers to step forth and do their job instead of letting Fauci, Gates, Soros, and all these criminals, pirates and diseases run around. I mean, if you and I got on TED and said, we're going to reduce the population using vaccines, we'd have been in jail in in less than two hours. The FBI would have come and locked you up. You would have been a terrorist threat right there. But Bill Gates, Fauci, and others sit there and lie to people and manipulate them and drug them and poison them to death, and nobody's doing a damn thing. In fact, to tell you how bad this is, because this upset me a lot watching this, I got a hold of one of my past students and friends who was a very elite Navy SEAL for many years. And I wrote to him and said, Why are your brothers and my brothers not taking the garbage out? Which is me saying, Why are they letting all these criminals run in the street? Because when I was in the military, this would have never been able to happen. And he said, Paul, the people you're talking about do not exist. They have been bought off by the political elite. There are no more of the real soldiers you're talking about, which means they've all been bribed and now they're working for corporate enterprises. They're not working for the people anymore. And that broke my heart. So we don't even have a military protecting us because they've all been bought and sold by the corporate entities that are caging us and turning us into their little fat corporate animals and you listen to the world economic forum and my God, you see exactly what the future they're trying to plan for everybody is. And it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, this is the 11 hours and 59, 50 and 59 seconds of our sovereignty and possibly our existence. I mean, the number of ways we're trying to destroy each other and the planet right now is through the roof so it's either the most exciting time in the world because we're going to hit bottom and wake up together and clean up the mess, or we're all going to die together. I, I, its I hope it's the first one because I got kids, you know, and I'm going to do my best to raise our kids to, to be change makers. But the truth of the matter is, you know as well as I do, to be someone that's healthy and fit, trying to educate people five or ten years from now or when my kids are old enough to be in high school they will be considered radicals. They will be considered threats. And those are the kinds of people that will get locked up in jail, just like um, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X started shit trying to free people, right? So it's getting to the point where if, if you're not drunk and brainwashed into the sexism, transhumanism, and racism, and you don't have your pronouns and all this crazy crap, then you're considered a, a, a criminal and off you go. I mean, God, I about shit myself recently when I saw a case from Canada where this guy's wife just had their baby and the baby was, I don't even, maybe a week old, but the hospital decided it needed a gender switch and the wife somehow agreed with it and he was violently opposed to it. So we went to the hospital and tried to stop them from doing it and they locked him in jail.
0: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, that's what we've come to, right? Canada is a real good look. So is Australia. So is New Zealand. So is uh, Germany and some of these places. It's a real good look at what they're trying to do with the United States. And I think we better You know, we better wake up fast, and the last thing we want to do is turn our guns in. Not that I want people shooting at each other, but history shows that as soon as you turn guns in, genocide goes crazy.
2: Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. I'm curious have you ever been confused by the labels in the grocery store? In Yevgeny's book, he demystifies the difference between caged, cage free, free range, and pasture raised meats. He also covers how to avoid GMOs, source high-quality water, fish, supplements, and other related topics. It's a beautifully illustrated, non-technical read that comes with a comprehensive video series and other extended learning materials. Jump on Amazon and check out the book titled "Anti Factory Farm Shopping Guide" by Evgeny Trevkin. Now let's dive back into the podcast.
0: Yeah, I always say I totally agree with you. Like if you. It's like totally insane to try to blend in with the normal these days. (laughs) Totally, it's actually like a compliment if you're not normal. It means you're doing something right in life if you're going if you if you're basically the opposite of what normal is because normal today is nine out of ten metabolically unhealthy. You know, half people develop cancer. Uh, Robert Kawasaki, I heard him say on one of his podcasts that the average American has less than a thousand dollars in their bank account. You know, yeah, Uh, it's like a small car accident away from basically not having any money at all and i heard
1: uh robert uh on on children's health defense i saw a a report a few weeks ago that i think it was children's health defense they said that um it was a huge percentage 70 percent of americans are struggling to meet their basic survival expenses right now uh, years ago, I saw a report that said 98% of Americans are two paychecks from bankruptcy. Um, you, know, you know, this is the game that pirates play. We don't have government. We have organized crime. We don't have medicine. We have organized crime. And the problem is, as Lao Tzu said, the government is always made of the people. So the the sad part of it is the government's mirroring our shadow back at us. So we can blame it on all these organizations, but we're the ones that keep funding. Mm -hmm. We're we're the ones that keep making stupid choices. And if we don't climb out of the child archetype into the adult archetype and start taking care of ourselves and taking care of the planet that feeds us, um, you know, the, I was listening to an expert in ecology and he was describing how we're extracting out of the earth at a rate of 1.75 times the rate at which it can regenerate itself. So that's almost twice as much coming out as is going in. Well, you don't need to be real smart to know that if you got a garden and you're eating your vegetables at almost twice the pace they can grow, you're going to end up being very hungry pretty soon. And, you know, So what does people like Bill Gates do? He says, oh, we can live off these fake plants and we can make fake meat and we can do it all in laboratories. But people are too stupid to realize that what that means is poison on top of poison. Mm -hmm. And when you destroy the food supply, then you're now stuck eating poison. And that makes the billionaires trillionaires. And they just keep playing their stupid psychopathic games. You know, I you know I know this is a lot of harsh news in one podcast, but you know, you what do you do? You can't escape reality. You you know, an illusion is when you avoid the truth, and the truth is, we either got to get together, hold hands, circle the globe, and get busy reorganizing and start taking care of the soil and and turning farmers into heroes organic farmers into heroes and natural health practitioners into heroes and we've got to stop funding people that are destroying our lives and and ripping us off or or you know you don't need you don't need a whole lot of foresight to see that the you know our days are very numbered
0: well where do you feel like the medical industry fits into the whole picture in the grand scheme of things like, how do you feel, you know, excluding emergency medicine, of course, and there are no absolutes, there's a place and time for, for everything. Yeah. But it's, how do you feel like just from you being like a healthcare provider for 30 or 40 years, how do you feel like a, like an average doctor, they're fairly like good IQ, and they know at the end of the day that these drugs aren't making the person better. They know that if anything, it's just letting the person continue to be the person that led them to all those problems, just a little bit longer. Before, of course, you know, let's say you have high blood pressure and, you know, the doctor gives you blood pressure medication and brings it down. But the thing is, the belief system that led to that high blood pressure is going to lead to also a myriad of other health issues in a long enough time frame. And none of that is addressed by that medication. Then what's the person's strategy? Just more drugs, more drugs, more drugs, more side yeah. effects and more drugs?
1: Well, there's an old saying, it's very hard to change a man's belief system when his paycheck depends on it. And to become a medical doctor, you go through an indoctrination process, exactly like when you go through basic training in the military. They strip you down, take away your confidence in yourself, then build it back up to be part of a machine called the military. And doctors go through a very similar indoctrination process, 60% of which is paid for by drug companies. And so we don't actually have common sense doctors we have indoctrinated human beings that are living out the functional equivalent of a scientific medical religion. And that is called scientism. And it's an ism. And anytime you have an ism, Carl Jung said, whenever you see an ism, you've got trouble because it means the myth of a culture is breaking down. And so Nazism, vegetarianism, uh, Rastafarianism, there's all sorts of isms. If you just search isms on Google, you'll see there's tons of them out there And anytime there's an ism, what you get is a bunch of people looking for a daddy figure to lead them. And so what do you end up with? You end up with Jim Jones and Charlie Manson and cult leaders. And and now we've got, look, during COVID, the United States government offered churches $5 million if they would close their churches so that they're Flock would not come to church. They wanted them locked at home. They didn't want them having access to God. They didn't want them getting moral support. They didn't want them being strong and they didn't want them resisting. And lo and behold, you had Christian preachers and pastors all over the world saying, God wants you to get vaccinated and closing their churches. I mean, we have a complete and utter breakdown of the moral fabric of humanity right to the doctors. I mean, I watched this whole COVID thing. I'm like, what doctor in their right mind would vaccinate somebody with something where there's no legal recourse and there's no ingredients on the fucking label and you're not allowed to research it and several doctors and researchers that tried to research it ended up dead, executed, okay? The first three leaders of countries that refused Pfizer's vaccine were executed within a short period of time. Right. So we're we're at a point where the real doctors like Nathan Riley, who's our family OBGYN, he he got fired because he took an old man's mask off and sat and talked to him because he could see the guy was really upset and really alone. Nobody could come visit the hospital. He was an old man. He was sick. And Nathan said, I'm not going to frickin put up with this shit took the guy's mask off, took his mask off and had a personal conversation and one of the nurses saw him and reported him and he lost his job. So he said, fuck it. I'm starting my own holistic OBGYN practice, took his check holistic lifestyle coach training and started a membership program and is doing better than he ever was. But most doctors are far too chicken to stand up to the establishment and they're far too chicken to lose their income. So you, you see people it's hard to change their belief system when their paycheck depends on it. The problem is a lot of these doctors own children and own family members are got badly injured from vaccination. So finally people are starting to wake up that we are all being lied to. We're all being manipulated. We're all being tricked. We're all being brainwashed. And the, you know, we, we got a choice. We knock down the jail cells and take responsibility for ourselves or it's over. Once this digital bank currency, if that happens, we're done. They'll have every, they'll have you, you, you'll have no move. You won't be able to buy gas. You won't be able to buy anything. They'll control you. You look at what's going into these smart cities and these kill lights and all this other shit they got. It's unfucking believable So, you know, these pirates have a lot of money and a lot of technology and they're using it very effectively. But, The prison walls aren't down yet. And there's, you know, human beings are highly creative. You know, I'm sure you've watched many boxing and kickboxing matches. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing someone who's down and out on the floor bleeding and looks like he's barely going to make it. He just makes it through the eight count and goes off and kicks the shit out of the guy that just about took him out. And we love the underdog that comes up and kicks ass. And I say, it's time to get off the floor, take a sniff of the smelling salts. And when the bell rings, get out and kick some ass. And that starts right at home with eating real food, drinking real water, study my book, How to Eat, Move and Be Healthy. Do my holistic lifestyle coach level one online course at checkinstitute.com. Read and study my four doctor model. I've got shit loads of videos, over 750 videos on YouTube for free. Anybody could watch my YouTube videos and change their whole life. You know, so that's where we're at, really. I, I I don't think there's there's no shortcut, there's no biohack to get out of this. The only way out of this is an adult initiation.
0: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> i find I, I find you already kind of answered this, but just a quick kind of sarcastic question because I know you've been in the business of health for quite a while. Let's say everyone has just listened to that. And uh, you know, like you mentioned actually earlier, the average American spends about you know ten to fourteen thousand a year on on medical expenses related to poor lifestyle and nutritional choices. But from my research, it shows also they spend about eight to sixteen thousand dollars a year on non-essential expenses which lead to those problems as well. Yeah. so yeah. cumulatively, it's quite a bit and you'll probably get that same person that's spending about 20k a year no problem on their poor health log into your website go to hlc1 they'll see it's a few hundred bucks to take it online not too expensive you know yeah
1: well you know it just means they're not ready yet and you, you it's not really good to try to push somebody into a change process that isn't something they truly want if it's not something they're ready for then it's just something that gets bought and never used and and i don't want that kind of money um you know this is why i say it's an adult process we're an initiation we have to go through the fire and you know i've been doing this for 39 years, I've produced a lot of very intelligent, very healthy people all over the world. There's over 60,000 students that are in or have gone through the Institute. Many of them reached very high places, but even 60,000 students against the population of eight point something billion is just a, uh, you know, it's a needle in a, a haystack. So um, my feeling is I'm I'm there when you're ready, um, all i can do is live by example i could take my clothes off right now and i'd still got washboard abs and a lean strong body i can still wrap out with 405 pounds in the deadlift and still do single arm chin-ups and i'm 61 years old so i don't know what else i can do for people than than live it and show it to them and if that's not enough then um they're just not ready yet
0: well what's your take paul of um Of seeing like the whole entire social media explosion in terms of health and wellness and kind of the evolution of that space over the years. So I know you started, that wasn't, even when I started, that wasn't even a thing. I didn't even have Facebook. I didn't even have MySpace, Instagram. None of that was even around when I started about 15 years ago, 17 years ago.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's, I think the problem is, is that there's so many people that are in it for a quick buck and there's so many people. Marketing illusions that for every one person like you or I that might have a Facebook account or an Instagram account, there's you know a hundred that are selling gimmicks. I mean, you see it all the time. It's just like, um, you know, the problem is, is that the same technology that's buried us will save us if it's used intelligently. You know, the, the same science that's got us in trouble could get us out of trouble you know we if we can build nuclear weapons to destroy the planet we can put the same scientists to work to put together a nuclear education program and a nuclear soil regeneration program and a nuclear water cleaning program but we've got to we've got to get past trying to fight each other and defend ourselves against all these invisible enemies and start working together and if we use social media i mean look all these wars going on, you know, if there's right now, there's the highest level of hatred towards Americans there's ever been based on uh, various experts and documentaries I've seen. But the problem is is that most people in these foreign countries don't realize it's not Americans that they hate. It's the American government, which isn't even us. It is really an organized crime unit. So we've got to realize that, we have all these health and obesity and, and brainwashing programs. They're worldwide. We're all caught in the same web. If we just start working together and, you know, like when when all that censorship was going on real heavy and it's still going on, but it's not quite as bad as it was during COVID because I know Robert F. Kennedy and the children's health defense are now suing Biden and 108 other people. Uh, behind the censorship and misleading of Americans. So it's nice to see the Kennedy legacy is becoming our immune system for us. Um, but if we just get together and say, let's, let's take care of each other, let's take care of the things that really matter and starve out these large corporations and start being more selective about what we watch and and, and let children watch and make a policy we don't watch people that don't live their truth, right? Never judge a man by the creed he or she professes, but by the life he or she leads. If we just start looking for authentic people and giving them our attention, then we have a chance because there are a lot of great people out there. I mean, there are, um, you know, there are there are people telling us the truth. You've got Jordan Peterson, for example, you know, uh, yeah, he got vaccinated, but he regrets it. Um,
0: what did he get vaccinated for? Just to COVID? travel through his speeches or?
1: Uh, from what I heard, he got vaccinated because of people pressuring him. Uh, you know, I was told Deepak Chopra got vaccinated. I was told the Dalai Lama got vaccinated. All the people that I had great respect for just completely shocked the piss out of me. But um there are good people out there. If if you want them, you can find them, you know, but you have to tune your radar into who's healthy and who, who's reliable. And, you know, you know, as Jesus said, by their fruits, ye shall know them. So look for the fruits. And if they carry the dream that you want to live, then emulate them. If they don't, then go the other direction. And remember that Just because someone's got washboard abs doesn't mean that they're healthy. You got to look to see are they earth friendly? Are they into regenerative farming? Are they into organic farming? Are they into moral and ethical principles? Are they concerned about the health and well being of children? Are they, you know, participating in caring for nature, growing their own food, and doing the things that are the things that we need to do? You got people like Joel Salatin, who's an amazing farmer and teaches. A lot you know you 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 got bruce lipton you got um greg braden you got um you know gaia's full of people that are really living it you got um regina meredith and and open minds and her husband zeus yamiannis these are there's a there's you don't need a lot of experts when you've got the internet they can be anywhere in the world and it's like they're right in your house you just got to find somebody you trust enough to follow and then be a good student and and i think from there it's it's up it's it's it's, you know it's uphill because we got to do it together but it's up the right hill
0: well where do you feel like what's your best prediction where where's america going to be like 50 years from now
1: well, it's either going to be destroyed completely in the next 10 years, I predict, or there's going to be a massive die-off, probably either due to war or environmental disaster, and the trauma of that is going to awaken the survivors to the point that they'll be dead clear what they'll never do again. Mm-hmm. So I, I, My feeling is, is we're heading for a, a major world event that's going to divide us into two camps. Those that have the health fitness and wisdom to go back to nature and those that stick with the daddy figures and the technology and they'll all die in their digital jails. Um, and with all the profiteering from war, you know, it's long history lesson. Whenever countries start getting financially stressed, they start wars and, uh, Wars is always a big money maker for the powers that be. And it also gets rid of people so that there's less uh, stress on the environment. And the people that are behind all this stuff, they, they think wars are like video games to them. Their concern for human life is evident in the fact that they're, you know, got mass genocide going on with vaccinations. So if you're waiting for those people to come rescue, you're an absolute idiot. So they're who's left. It's just us. Uh, so my prediction is humanity's so brainwashed that it's going to take a, a a Richter 10 earthquake, metaphorically, to shock them into common sense and to get clear on what they won't put up with anymore. But I think literally we've got to shake these systems down. I mean, there there has to be something that comes along that awakens people to The fact that we've just got to do the work that everybody's avoiding to do or or it's dead end
0: how do you think that whole entire thing with with russia is going to end
1: i don't know um i mean all you've got to do is look at uh i think it's naomi wolf um the shock doctrine you ever seen the the read the book the shock doctrine
0: It sounds familiar, but I've never never read it or anything. It's
1: a very famous book. It's either Naomi Naomi Wolf or Naomi Klein. But if you go to Amazon movies, there's a documentary made out of her book that's like an hour and a half summary of her book. It's called The Shock Doctrine, and it shows you exactly the formula. And by the way, it shows that George Soros has been doing this for a very long time and has wiped out many countries, rigged elections, undermined them, and stolen their entire nations and it shows exactly how they do it and i think that's exactly what's going on i think that the war in russia is really just sort of the flame that lights the kindling to uh feed the in, in military industrial complex exactly what they want to make even more money and to control people and scare people into more passivity and and you know Pavlovian behavior um so we've either we've either got to have a worldwide hold hands peace movement and just stop it and and let people in all countries know none of us wants war and that we all want peace together and anybody that says anything different is just a damn right liar downright liar um when you look at the history, I mean, oh, you start looking into 9 you start looking into the Gulf War, you look into how they lied about Sudan. I mean, that Sudan was saying, this is just standard fucking practice for these guys. This, this is right out of the playbook. What disappoints me is they keep doing the same playbook over and over again. And never, nobody seems to wake up to the fact that it's like the 20th time they've done the same move.
0: Well, you if were, it keeps working, why change a working formula? Well, they Exactly. Say, you know? I mean, if you were
1: on a football team, you would have figured that out the second time yeah. they tried it. And that would have been the end no. of it. And they'd have to not come if up the with person's
0: something. retarded. They won't figure right. it out. Exactly.
1: Right. So in a sense, we're kind of like playing retarded football.
0: But uh, let's just run the same play. 20 yeah. years straight
1: <laughs> Every, everybody listening should go to the amazon and search the movie the documentary the shock doctrine because it shows you exactly what their playbook is and everybody should watch hacking the mind on amazon which is a four-part series that was originally a pbs series shows you exactly how they do it in the final episode of the four parts is what you can do to protect yourself and it's very well done i really would very impressed that you can still find that good of information out there.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Paul, it was, it was great to catch up with you. I honestly haven't seen you in in freaking forever. Time always flies like usual. Do you have like (laughs) any other topics that are on the top of your mind that you would like to share with people? I'd be happy to, to cover anything.
1: You mean right now?
0: Yeah. If, if you have anything else to add
1: yeah you know it's getting late i need to go eat dinner with the kids and wind down i you know i get up at 3 three thirty 30 in the morning so it's getting pretty late for my brain but and also I, I i don't know we've hit people with so much i don't want to leave them uh depressed so uh I, you know i will say this it all begins with us if you change yourself for the better you've changed the world for the better. And every time you change yourself for the better, you're being a good example to somebody else that's less healthy and less vital than you. So I, I think, you know, aside from the, you know, the kind of doomsday sounding predictions, I think, hey, we don't need to go to war. We don't need to, all we need to do is eat, sleep, take care of ourselves, breathe, exercise and vitalize and our creativity will come online and we'll naturally start banding together And doing things together um so i think the most affirmative action plan you can is just to stop being a child stop trusting sick doctors that don't practice medicine and fat therapists that are unhealthy and go to the people that live the life that you want to emulate and get busy and the worst thing that'll happen to you is you'll feel better every day and you'll have more energy and you'll smile more often and you'll say holy shit I've been sitting in the middle of a cesspool and now it's time to clean it up. Who wants to join in? And if we do that, you know, within three or four years, we could have a revolution uh, Mm -hmm. in that time. And I think that's where we're at. I'm, I would love to see it. I've been trying to encourage it for my whole career. I've literally been doing this for 39 years, you know, Uh, January, 2024 will be my 40th year. As a holistic health practitioner, therapist, and conditioning specialist. So I've seen four decades of stupidity.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like what you're saying, a lot of people, like especially I find in America, will will discount it. They're like, Oh, it can't be that easy, just eating organic food, sleeping well, working out here and there, and actually being happy in life. If it was, like, what are all these doctors going to 12 years of schooling for? You know, Uh what are all these advanced laboratories to make all these pills exist? But I always say, like, dude, results speak for themselves. Just take a good look in the mirror. Like, if you're overweight, look, like, very old, you need, like, a bottle of Xanax and, like, 10 Red Bulls just to have enough energy to drink, just to have enough energy to wash your dishes in the morning, you know, before you head off to work. Like, dude, that's your answer that the the system you're following or the belief system you've adopted is is a complete failure. And it's not serving you in any way, nor is it serving the world as a greater whole. So it's like...
1: I tell people, go out in nature and see if you can find me a fat, sick tiger or an overweight deer or a coyote that's uh, got bags under its eyes. You know, When you look at what happens when nature doesn't have social media and doctors and they just eat according to their body plan and they actually have to go out and hunt for their own food and participate in their own life, the only way diseases get into nature is because we poison the whole place you know, they're probably hoping that we would die off so they can actually have their home back. But my point is, if they don't believe it's that simple, then just go go out on a nature walk and go someplace like Montana or Colorado or somewhere where you can actually still see some nature. I mean, we've got bobcats here, we've got deer here there's mountain lion lions now and then around here, you know, you can actually see what it looks like to live according to your instincts and in in harmony with your biology. And it's a no-brainer from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's get back to nature and let's do it before there is no nature left because the World Economic Forum is trying to make it illegal to go into any natural environment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't know if you heard that one like really popular Stanford uh, like obesity doctor expert that Biden ended up hiring as like some huge health advisor for the administration that claims like obesity is like basically one hundred percent genetics. Sounds really horseshit. I don't know if you heard that when it was pretty popular for a little while, but she's like, oh yeah, it has like nothing to do with their behavior patterns. It's all genetics, and it's like basically once again making the patient feel helpless. You know. Mm Like they need the radical community. to. When you have a non-president that's that stupid,
1: the people they're going to hire are not going to be intelligent people because they don't know what intelligence looks like. And Biden's not a president, he's a puppet. And so all they're doing is putting people in positions of power that are pushing their agenda and their agenda is total control. And the way you can control people is you take away any initiative make them sick, make them tired, and you have wiped out your resistance. So, I mean, they can put whoever they want in there. The real issue is if people are stupid enough to believe it, then they're already cooked. They're just walking dead people. They're already zombies. So anybody that would even listen to that has already signed
0: their own death warrant. I think that's the problem, Paul. They they almost are actually that stupid, unfortunately. And I'll just come out and say it. And they are because... Like, how else are these people having such massive followings? You know, obviously, there's someone trusting their opinion, you know, unfortunately.
1: This is why David Bohm said, real thinking is hard work. That's why most people just rearrange their prejudices and call it thinking. So, when you get a bunch of people that don't want to do the real work to be healthy or the real work of leadership, they just accept anybody that tells them what they want to hear so they can continue to get government handouts and and be passive about it. But those are not the people that are going to change the world. It's people like me and you and the people listening to this thing. It's the other people. Like, look, they're the same people that told us we were crazy when we said, don't take these vaccinations. They're dangerous. They're not scientifically researched. This is a trap. And they said, you're crazy and you're a threat to our life. Mm -hmm. But now that this truth's coming out, they're having to come face to face with the fact that people like me and you are still as healthy as we ever were, and we didn't fall for the tricks. And now they've got a choice, learn to listen to the people that have common sense, or die with the ones that are killing you. And the paradox Mm -hmm. is, the people that you're talking about in the government, their shelf life is very short. I mean, it'll get to the point where presidents don't even last four years, because they're going to die of strokes and heart attacks, because they're caught in the same game they're promoting. So you know it's just we're in sort of a a a b rated bad horror flick and it's up to us to become our own directors and
0: i, I think b is a little too optimistic Paul. maybe yes think, c yeah, or d yeah. Yeah, yeah c or d i think is much yeah. more realistic yeah
1: oh uh, yeah
0: i found That's during, optimism i found when covid first hit i actually went and lived up at big bear for like 8 months oh yeah and i documented the process Um, and I just found it so odd how I told people I wasn't getting the vaccine. I didn't even tell people don't get the vaccine. I just said, that's not the direction I'm going, but how many people like attacked me for doing that there. I was like, dude, I would wake up in the morning, do some kettlebell workouts in the woods. There's like a Creek there with really cold water, a dip in there, go fishing in the middle of the day at the lake. Then my dad had like a sauna in his place, you know, hit the sauna at night. And I'm like, dude, this is what I'm doing, and this is totally fine, and I'm going to be 100% healthy. In fact, I'm making gains. (laughs) Yeah. All the gyms are closed, and I was just shocked on how many people like attacked me online. Some people even went and attacked my business Uh on on Google listing, for example, Uh saying, Uh "Oh, I wasn't like a real health professional for saying that, and they shouldn't listen to me." And you kind of look at these people's profiles, and you know their their faces huge. They're clearly like extremely sick, and I'm like, dude, like. This is when you know pathology has been completely normalized in America. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: the Christians killed Jesus. And as he was dying on the cross, he said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So we always have to remember that they're all God, too. And to the degree we understand true spirituality, it's up to us to be inventive and creative, to find ways to try to help them. And as sad as everything we're talking about is, if it was one of our own children, we would do whatever we had to do to try to wake them up and revive them. And I think, you know, our future depends on them too. So I think, what we've got to do is we've got to get creative about how to reach them and we've got to put some time energy and creativity and the good news is there's a lot of indicators that people are waking up i mean right now there's a a wake up going on like it's never happened on this planet so as crazy as all this looks people are reaching the end of their rope and a lot of because the number of injured and dead people from the vaccines is spreading like wildfire whether they put it, censor it or not I would say that we're actually in a good position right now because the death and the destruction and the corruption is coming up where anybody can see it and everybody's talking about it. So I think the next two or three years is going to be the great awakening and we're either going to make it through it and we're going to support each other or we're going to get divided and conquered and it'll be, you know, death by 15 minutes smart city or concentration camp or whatever kind of crap they want to try to throw at us. But, um, you know, I'm going to just keep doing my very best. I've already done as much as I could for the world. So the day that, you know, it's time for me to go, I can rest in complete peace that I did my best to leave the world a better place. And I think that's what all of us that know what's going on should do is do the best we can do to leave the world a better place whether we win the battle or not it's it's where our heart is at and it's where our intentions are at and uh when you get people that are smart enough to fly airplanes and be school teachers and run businesses attacking people like me and you for what we say and believe when we're healthy then it's really just a measure of how seriously brainwashed these people are so it's challenging as it can be we have to really have empathy and put our heads together and see how can we outsmart the pirates that have stolen their lives and see if we can that's why i said if i had my way i would shut the power off on all these social media outlets and televisions because two weeks without it people would wake right up and they'd probably then realize what was going on when the power came back on and look at it and go why are they selling all this shit you know and they might have a, a sudden uh, you know, enlightenment experience. So let's just do our best to find ways to love them and support them and and show them what it looks like to live the way we do. I mean, the best thing you can do is show pictures of you swinging kettlebells and fishing and sauning and drinking water and, and give them somebody to follow. And, you know, it's sometimes... It, you can be surprised you just plant one or two little seeds and they end up growing and multiplying. And next thing, you know, you're shocked because what seemed like a futile battle turns out to be the birth of a new generation of awakened people that get it. So I think we're far better off to plant seeds and, and inspire people. Um, because if we keep diagnosing them, which you know, I think what we're doing is sharing our observations, but the point is, is if we don't give them something to look at to inspire them, then our observations really just are like saying, I'm looking out the window watching the world burn down and uh, there it goes and oh, it's in my front yard now and there I go too. So we either got to bring some water to the fire or we're just going to watch our own life burn down because we we can't make it in the world without everybody's help. We all need each other. Somebody's got to make the tires. Somebody's got to make the engine. Someone's got to make the computers. Someone's got to make the, the public systems work. Someone's got to handle the roads. I mean, we, we don't realize we need each other. Uh, we need each other a lot. So I think that's really our only option right now is just to try to spread as much love and wisdom as we can. And if we get attacked, then just know that it's only a sign that that person's that lost and confused. And we should consider it the same way we would if our six year old child said, I hate you, mommy, or you're ugly, or I don't want you anymore. And you know, it's just a kid being a kid, you know, and when people are drugged and lost and sick, they say things they don't mean and they don't even understand what they're doing. So um as long as we love ourselves and we know we have our own truth then they can say whatever the hell they want the more they criticize and judge the more we realize they need our help sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything it's just show them
0: yeah well thank you for always being a light of common sense Bob (laughs) and I feel like one thing that gravitated me is, as you know, my grandmother raised me off grade in Ukraine and she, sh- she wasn't as academic with her uh, philosophies as you in terms of explaining it, but she lived a lot of the same principles just naturally.
1: Yeah.
0: So I ran into your work, which kind of gave me motivation for my second book, which we talked about on your podcast. And thank you again mm-hmm. for being like one of the first people that even helped me promote it because yeah, it's well, it's such an under the radar topic. Um, when I ran into your stuff, I'm like, Oh shit, this sounds really familiar, you know? And then you're, yeah. You didn't have all this like CGI YouTube videos. You just had like that board. And i like, man, this guy just gets straight to the point. I like his style, you know, no fluff. Just like, here's the information. Yeah. Here's the common sense. And it's it works if you actually do the work and if you actually want real change. But of course, it's your stuff isn't going to work for people that still want to live a life of delusion and keep running around in circles, managing one symptom after another. I would recommend not following Paul's stuff if you're, if you're into that mindset, but if you're into real healing and real answers, which oftentimes might not be easy to achieve, but if you do want to go on an honest journey, definitely check out his stuff, check out his myriad of books and correspondence courses. Um, There'll be a life changer and honestly way better information than like 99.9% of Anything you'll get from your medical doctor, I 100% guarantee it. And also from any social media guru, like you happen to be following.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the other thing, I mean, um, um, Eugene is that uh, nothing worth achieving comes that easy. To be an Olympic champion is a lot of work. To reach the top of your profession is a lot of work. to to be the best at anything is a lot of work. So to be in your best health, it's a lot of work, but you know what? It's not near as much work as being the sickest or the fattest or the most tired. So you're going to do the work anyhow. You just got to decide, are you working for yourself? Are you working for the drug dealers and the medical pirates? It's up to you. It's, It's all, you know, it's the same energy. It's just, how do you apply it? I say, do it for yourself. And the harder it is, the more likely you are not to be tricked the second time.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And thank you, Paul. Thank you again for being a role model for me, first and foremost. And thank, thank you, you for taking the time. I know you're busy with two kids, business, you know, yeah. your wives, et cetera, et cetera. So I really appreciate that you even took the time to do this. And for the listeners, thank you as well. And just remember, always put your mental and physical health first, because the second you stop doing that, misery will always follow close behind. So yes, they can go
1: to chekinstitute.com. That's the central location. And then my YouTube channel with 750 plus videos is uh, youtube.com forward slash Paul Check live. And that's chek. And my podcast is loaded with great stuff. That's living number four, capital D with Paul Check, living for D with Paul Check. So there's some options for people.
0: Yep. And for the listeners, quick access, I'm going to include all the links in the description. So you can just go ahead and click on those. And when is your new when is your new book going to come out, Paul? Do you have a set date?
1: Yeah, it's a series of six books. And it's uh we're shooting to have the first one out hopefully at, around the beginning of June.
0: Okay, cool. So I'm right working hard.
1: It's it's just been a massive project. So um I'm going as fast as I can, but you know, I have so much to manage, coaching clients, running the podcast, kids, property, uh, filming for the Institute and everything else. So it's it's been a very intense three years, but I'm getting close. I'm stopping the writing uh, as soon as I finish this chapter, going full-time into editing, and then from there into layout.
0: Gotcha. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And when it comes out, and again, thank you. Thank you for being a guest. It's great to, great to see you looking sexy as ever. So keep up. The yeah, big- baby. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, everyone. Bud. Thank you, everyone. Have a good Bye-bye. one.
1: Bye. Thank you.
2: Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you've ever had trouble losing weight or you've lost weight, but still didn't have the ideal body or health you're aiming for, please feel free to reach out anytime and book an assessment. Eugene will work with you to cover your goals in detail, see what's holding you back, and go from there. In the meantime, feel free to check out the countless testimonials on Eugene's website in the link below. In the testimonial section you'll notice everyone has various backgrounds, are of all different ages, and all have had different challenges in their life, but they all have one thing in common, they were all able to find their health and achieve their ideal body. You're also welcome to add yourself to the Facebook group in the link below. There you'll have access to the live videos that Eugene does weekly on Sundays, and other helpful content. Thank you again for tuning in.